What happens when a new baby arrives in the home? When they are so much younger, they struggle to understand some of the cognitive sides of things because they're still so little. We really need to be prepping our kids for changes that that lie ahead in, in anyone's future. So now a mom decides they're going to have another child. What are some of the, the things that you can do to prepare both yourself mentally for this next step um, of having I mean, now being a mom of two versus a mom of one, how would we prepare the sibling? We need to ensure we are not blindsiding our kids by not giving them adequate preparation for something. Just to encourage them to tell their kids to talk about what stays the same and what will change. For a child walking into that room at home, it can often be overwhelming to not only see this baby that's finally here after months of trying to figure out what that might look like. In that same visual representation, you're getting a different mom, getting a mom that's holding a new baby. And a lot of the time that overload on a on a stimulus level of that visual picture that they're getting is a lot for them to manage. It's not so much about the perfect gap in terms of a child's development. I really encourage parents to turn inwards and, and really reflect on what are the needs of your own family, what works for you. everyone and welcome to Let's Talk Baby and today we have got a very exciting episode as we're going to explore what happens when a new baby arrives in the home, a sibling for your older child and I'm joined today with my co-host Dr. Jenny Rose. She's our clinical psychologist. Hi Jenny. Hello Kath, so lovely to be here again. Yes, always lovely to do these together and um, we really, yeah, this is really a topic I think we've both experienced, obviously having more than one child and so I'm really excited just to hear some of your insights because I definitely think from a psychology and emotional point of view, it brings a lot of feelings into the home and into the environment and changes the, the dynamics. So maybe just to start off, is there any perfect gap or age gap between siblings? Um, what are your thoughts on that? The golden question. I think um, it gets asked so frequently. You know, what what is the ideal gap? And I don't I don't think there is an ideal gap. I think we often forget how many contextual factors determine how smooth that transition is. So looking at things like the mental state of the mother is something that is such a critical part of how the transition from one to two babies or from two to three would be. And, you know, that might take some moms, you know, maybe don't struggle at all. Some moms experience some postpartum anxiety or depression. And many moms find that it takes many years for them to find their feet and to feel confident in the role. And, and so it's not so much about the perfect gap in terms of a child's development. It often relates to factors in the environment like how okay is mom? How stable is mom? Is she able to take on the complexity of two children? Is she able to hold different age groups? Is she able to manage you know, one foot in schooling and one foot in newborn. So it's it really is around so many different things rather than simply about the age of the child. Certainly what we do know is that with every sort of step developmentally, 
Children understand more, they develop greater emotional intelligence and emotional insight. And so in theory, with each kind of step towards age or growing up, it should be easier in terms of transition for that child. It doesn't mean that we need to wait for a certain point. We don't need for there to be a two-year gap. We don't need for there to be a three-year gap. But we must hold in mind that the bigger that gap, we what we typically see is that those older children have greater capacity to process and understand the change that comes with having a new sibling. Mm, I love that. I think... I think, again, you know, just the big picture needs to be seen. So, like, I love what you're saying. Where is mom at? And is mom in a space where she's able to navigate the the dynamics of having two little people in her mm-hmm. in her space with different needs? Yeah. Um, or if they're close together, like, similar but still different? Yeah. Um, and is she ready to do that? Yeah, and maybe just to jump in, Kath, I think, you know, from my own personal experience, I often say that my saving grace, I think, with having twins was that my eldest was slightly older, that she was four when the twins were born. And for me personally, I felt like that was a big thing in my ability to manage having twin newborns is that she was a little bit older. She could understand things like being able to say, when this child is sleeping, I'm able to do X, Y, and Z. And she could get that. And she would understand that I was true to my word and I would then come and play with her or do something with her. But when they are so much younger, they struggle to understand some of the cognitive sides of things because they're still so little. And so for me personally, having that older gap is often what I say was my saving grace, I think, in those early early days of having twins and you know having three kids is that my eldest was able to um, really comprehend some of the complexities of adjusting to having newborns in the home. Yeah, I think I think that's helpful. And if I, I mean, I, I've heard parents speak about different realities of gaps. So some feel that having them quite close together, they almost grow up as twins. And with that sort of dynamic, which I think definitely um you know, can be an advantage for the, their own relationship down the line in years to come. Okay. Um, and then on the other hand, you know, like you say, in your case, and even um, the gaps that we had, you know, we had three-year gaps. And definitely, I always felt at that three-year mark, they were just able to understand that much better, four years even better. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think there's pros and cons to both. So it really is just saying, what can I cope with? What can mm-hmm. my environment um, feel like? What, what does it feel like? What other realities are in our space, you know? Because I think yeah. also, if are you a working mom? Are you a stay-at-home mom? Are you a flexible working mom? Mm-hmm. Those, are, those are realities as well. And I also think sometimes the age of the mom, um, you know, makes a difference with regards to when, you know, the, the speed at which they will have the, the second child is sometimes yeah. um, quicker if they are older moms versus the younger moms with, you mm-hmm. know, with the gap. Um, just, sorry. Yeah, to jump in again there, Kath, I think absolutely, you know, this is something you probably are going to hear me say in every single podcast, but of course, we seek input from the, from outside and from the experts and what the sort of golden age is. But 
I really encourage parents to turn inwards and, and really reflect on what are the needs of your own family? What works for you? What do you envision when you think about your family and the closeness of relationships or the, the age gap? You know, so to drown out a little bit of that outside noise and really think about what, what works for us, what you know, what do we have capacity for at the moment? What What is in our goal and our sort of envisioning of what our family looks like? There's absolutely no right or wrong. And I agree completely. While there are pros and cons of one, there are, you know, similar things for the other. And certainly um, we're thinking about closeness of relationships, but those are also some things that we can really be very intentional about setting up. And, and perhaps we can have a, a podcast in the future where we talk about sibling relationships and how to foster good, solid, close sibling relationships, because that's mm -hmm. such an important thing. And that that goes beyond ages. We don't, you know, we don't need to have our kids close together to try and ensure that they might have a close relationship. Sometimes when they're close together, there's um, competition that comes into play. Um, there's often a lot of comparative stuff happening from the outside world. So there's a lot of different components to, you know, the age gap of, of kids. And, and we really need to reflect and say, what works for me? What's the ideal for my family? And that's the picture that I want to create. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a brilliant idea and definitely a topic to I would love to discuss because especially looking at our kids now who are all leaving home and just the wonderful way they're supporting each other, even when we out of the picture, you know, it's just such a beautiful thing. And I think it's such a lovely lovely topic to discuss so now a mom decides okay they're ready they're going to have um another child what are some of the the things that you can do to prepare both yourself mentally for this next step um of having now being a mom of two versus a mom of one um and then maybe also we can just talk about how would we prepare the sibling for mm. this next step as well so I think the key word that you've used there, Kath, is prepare. And that is something we have to hold on to. We want to prep, prep, and prep some more. That is going to be the game changer. It's the thing that will determine and decide how easy that transition is. We really need to be prepping our kids for changes that, that lie ahead in, in anyone's future. And whether that's change of school or a change of home, but we need to ensure we are not blindsiding our kids by not giving them adequate preparation for something. You know, I often say to adults, you know, imagine if a massive change happened in your life and you weren't prepared for it. If suddenly someone sort of marched into your house and started packing up boxes and within two or three days you were living in a different home and you, you knew nothing about it. You know, it seems so foreign to think about that because we would never do that as adults. Yet sometimes we fail to set our kids up for success by lack of preparation. And so the best thing that you can do for your child in this scenario is to prepare them adequately for the sibling coming. Now, what probably happens is many parents intentionally try to prepare, but they fail to prepare for a lot of the changes that will come to the everyday life. So there's very big talk about the general change that there's going to be a baby and you're going to be a big brother or a big sister. And, you know, so they grasp this kind of big 
dynamic change, but they don't really know what that looks like on a practical level. So maybe that is something like where mom used to put you to bed, it might be more of dad putting you to bed, or a subtle change like that, where maybe mom dropped you at school, maybe dad might be dropping you at school. And so one of my favorite things to do with parents is to encourage them to tell their kids to talk about what stays the same and what will change. And so things that stay the same are mom loves you more than ever and you are a very special girl and you have a place in our home and you know this is this is your home and nothing changes that so on a big scale validating and just confirming their place in the family but then also on a practical level so what stays the same that you will still go to school every day mommy will still fetch you every day we'll still eat dinner as a family, you know, whatever small components stay the same, we want to encourage conversation about. Then on the on the what changes, we want to talk about big things like there's going to be a baby in the house. That might mean there's a lot of new noises in the house. There might be a lot of crying at times. There might be times where mom or dad can't join some of the things because we might be busy with the baby. What might change is that when mom used to drop you at school, dad is now going to drop you at school. So you can see what I mean about the large scale things versus the everyday practical things. And the more we can prepare them for what it's going to look like, the easier that transition is going to be. And again, one that people will know, I say this all the time, the more easily we want that transition to happen, the more we have to create a visual picture for our children of what it's going to look like. So we want to set them up in a way that they are actually creating this picture in their minds of what life will look like. So now, because you've prepared them so well, they can see, okay, I'm going to wake up and maybe there might be a bit of noise as the baby's crying in the morning for a feed or something like that. And then dad's going to take me to school, but mom's still going to fetch me. So they can actually play out exactly what is going to happen in their life. So preparation is probably the key thing that you need to think about in the transition to another sibling. The second thing that I carried, oh, go ahead, Kat. No, no, no. I just love that. I think I love creating the picture idea in their head, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of that that visual picture of what it could look like, I think is beautiful. Yeah. And so the second thing that I often encourage parents to think about and to hold in mind is that as parents, we tend to really um, sell this baby number two idea as something really incredible and wonderful, which it absolutely is. But the trap that we fall into is that we often don't make room for how hard it is for that oldest child. And so we often come only from the perspective of this is going to be amazing. You're going to be a big sister. It's going to be so much fun. You're going to have a little friend to play with. We're going to be a big family. We just we really push the narrative of the all good side. And while that is important, and I wouldn't discourage you from doing that, but I also want you to hold space for being able to reflect that it sometimes is hard and that this actually for many children can be experienced as quite a traumatic shift in their home environment. And I think when parents aren't expecting that, they are taken completely unaware and parents struggle with that when their child is having a difficult time. And we have to remember that for the eldest sibling, this can often be quite a tumultuous time. It can be experienced as quite traumatic because for your oldest child, 
remember that their experience is that they are getting a different mom. Mom is not as available as maybe what she was. Dad too, suddenly there's a lot of noise in the home. Suddenly I'm not getting, you know, as much one-on-one time as I was. And so those things feel hard for for a child. You know, it's, it's it seems silly to even equate it to this, but imagine if suddenly there was um, a second wife in your home and your husband was kind of saying, well, I'm going to be having dinner with her tonight. And, oh, sorry, I, I didn't really see you or connect with you much. I've been busy with, you know, this one over here. And, and that would just be this bizarre experience. But we would feel this is not okay. And I'm feeling very left out and I don't like this change. I want to go back to how it used to be. And so when our kids are struggling, we often feel that it's almost an an attack on our new system or we almost take it too personally. Do they not love their sibling? You know, why is it not the smooth thing? And I think when we can just recognize that for many kids, this transition is hard and tough and isn't ultimately going to be beautiful and wonderful, but we have to make way for a little bit of a rocky adjustment. And when we go in with the expectation, knowing that this could be a little bit of a tricky thing to sort of manage and maneuver for the next couple of months, but we will ultimately get to a point where it is smooth and that transition feels easier. Then there's not as much pressure on ourselves as parents and not such high expectations for perfect bonding and for a smooth, smooth transition. So it's also about reflecting on how we can maybe bring down some of our expectations too. And just on some practical levels of, you know, I've often heard where parents, you know, will give the new baby, will give the sibling a gift or, um, you know, the the whole room, the, the baby room, the new bed for the older child. Are there any practical things that um, parents could do or is it much more related to what we've been talking about more on the emotional, psychological dialogue level? Um, Mm. Do you think some practical things are helpful tools? 100%. You know, most things in parenting, we have the sort of psychological leg and then we have the practical implementation of a lot of basics in the home. And so without a doubt, you know, a couple of the tweaks that you can make and things that you can do on a practical level are key in the transition. So the first one, again, links up with preparation. The more we can have that oldest child involved in getting baby ready, the more on board they are going to be. It's very similar. It's the same narrative of what we say around um, mealtimes and cooking. The more your child's involved in chopping up the veg or cutting the strawberries, the more likely they are to actually eat the meal and, and be excited about it. It's the same philosophy. The more involved your child is in painting the room, you know, painting the wall color, buying some of the the big items, testing out the pram, the more they're involved in that, the more excited they're going to be about their sibling coming. So absolutely involve them in as much as you can. Another practical thing to do, definitely buying them a gift. That's a really sweet um, idea. One of the key things I think is, um, and it's not a game changer, but if you are able to do it, I think it's really nice, is that the first time your child meets their sibling, for that to be the the baby sort of lying alone on the bed or in its little cot, as opposed to being in mom's arms. Because for a child walking into that perhaps hospital room or room at home, 
it can often be overwhelming to not only see this baby that's finally here after months of trying to figure out what that might look like. Finally, this baby is here. But in that same visual representation, you're getting a different mom. You're getting a mom that's holding a new baby. And a lot of the time, that overload on a, on a stimulus level of that visual picture that they're getting is a lot for them to manage. And so it's such a small tweak. But if the baby can be on its own and mom actually is able to form a union first with with the child and then together they kind of go towards the sibling. That's really helpful because it feels for that older child like mom is with me, part of me, as we meet this new baby. And so that's that's a really helpful thing to think about as well. Um, and then one of the, the other practical tips is just being very mindful of how we speak about the baby and how we use the baby often as the reason for the shift in the relationship. So in those beginning stages, you know, the oldest child will often say things like, oh, can you come play with me? Or can you sit with me? Or can you take me to swimming today? And mom often has to say, I can't because the baby's sleeping. Or I can't because I need to feed the baby. Or I can't because I'm just rocking the baby. And so what often happens is the child builds resentment towards the baby because the baby is the thing keeping mom away from me. Mm -hmm. And so we just want to be conscious of that. We want to say things rather like, I really can't do it at the moment um, because I'm just busy with something or because I'm just finishing up something. But as soon as I'm done, then this is what we're going to do. So subtle tweaks in your language, in your narrative that link to um, that connection with the baby and just making sure that you aren't using the baby as the reason for maybe pulling back a little bit on that relationship because that is how resentment um, develops and fosters. Oh, I love that. I think that's such a lovely place to end with those real like, practical handles. And, um, yeah, just there is no right or wrong age gap. I mean, that's we've really established. And, Preparation, I think, was another really key thing. Preparation both for yourself and for the sibling is so important. And I absolutely love that tool with regards to, you know, meeting the baby separate to mom and mom and the, the child meeting their new little sibling together. And I think that's just beautiful. Um, I wish I'd known that with when I went through those phases but absolutely lovely so yeah I look forward to exploring this even further as we um, do other podcasts especially around sibling relationships and that I think that would be amazing so thanks Jenny again for always just giving us so much wisdom and in your gentle beautiful way and thanks everyone for joining us on Let's Talk Baby and we look forward to seeing you on our next episode and um, thanks everyone.